welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church weekly sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 24th of November 2013, entitled The Ransom Price. And the Bible reading is taken from Exodus chapter 30, verses 11 to 16. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I invite you to stand with me to honor the reading. God's holy word taken from Exodus chapter 30, beginning in verse 11. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, When thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord, when thou numberest them, that there, is, that there be no plague among them when thou numberest them. This they shall give every one that passeth among them that are numbered, half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is twenty geras, and half shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Every one that passeth among them that are numbered from twenty years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. The rich shall not give more, the poor shall not give less than half a shekel, when they give an offering unto the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. Thou shalt take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shalt appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. Father, we thank you again this evening that, Lord, we have your word before us. Thank you, Father, for preserving your word for us, that even as we gather here this evening, Lord, that we can have it just as surely as when it was originally penned. Father, we thank you that as we gather here, that it's not only our own understanding that we look to try to understand these words, but, Lord, that you've given us your spirit. And by that Spirit, Lord, that you can awaken our understanding, that you can teach us those things that no man can possibly do. So as we gather here and look into your word again this evening, Lord, a simple but wonderful truth from your word, I pray that you'll just remind us once again your great love towards us that are already saved, that are gathered here this evening, that can have that confidence of knowing, Lord, that the atonement has been made for us, that the ransom has been paid for our souls, but also to remind us, Lord, that as we gather here, that there are many, many out there this evening, Lord, that have never accepted that ransom, that, Lord, are still lost and on their way to hell. And we just pray uh, that you would also use it, Lord, to encourage us, to remind us, Lord, that as long as there's still breath until that trumpet sounds, that there's still hope. Help us, Lord, to be ever faithful in sharing the wonderful message of Jesus with all that we can. We give you the praise and thanks for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we look into God's Word this evening, of course, this is not some new mysterious truth that uh, we've suddenly uncovered from God's Word that we don't know about. But I want to give it to you for a couple of reasons this evening. I know that when I began looking at this passage and thinking of these these thoughts, that, uh, you know, God really did some reminding to me, reminding me of just how God loved me of reminding me that when there was absolutely nobody else in all the world that could pay the ransom for my soul, that he paid that ransom. And as we think here, I guess a lot of people find it even, uh, Pink says that uh, this passage is, uh, is not easy to understand a lot of times because as we, we, re- we read here, we find that uh, one of the things that, uh, that it brings up is this uh, ransom being based on a, on a monetary value. Uh, that somehow that this shackle, this money, this half shekel that it could 
somehow pay for somebody's soul. And of course, we think, well, wait a minute. How can that compare to other truths that we know in the Scripture? I mean, Isaiah said in Isaiah 55, 1, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Peter says to us in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, he says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, as we begin to look at this, and on the one hand, the Bible is saying that we're not redeemed by these material things of this earth, no matter what, what value that they might have, Yet we look here and we say that everyone that was everyone that was above 20 years old, it didn't matter what they had. They had to pay this half shackle as ransom money for the atonement. Well, there's a couple of things that uh, we need to keep in mind. Uh, first of all, keep in mind that uh, we've looked on many different occasions, on many different subjects that has brought us back many times into the book of Hebrews where uh, we find that although that... Uh, the blood of bulls and goats were used through the, the sacrifices under the, under the law and whatnot, that the Bible teaches us clearly that those things could never, ever uh, truly, truly pay the price that was necessary, that we're not redeemed by those things, and they never could do it, but yet they were given. They were given to teach us. They were given as symbols. They were given to even the, the, the saints of the Old Testament. I believe with all of my heart as I'm sure that most of you, hopefully all of you do this evening, there's only one way that any soul has ever been saved from their sins, and that was the shed blood that we've been singing about that was shed on Calvary. No other way. All of those Old Testament sacrifices, yes, they were there for a reason, and they were there, but they had to keep going back year after year after year. You know, this half shekel, it was only a time to pay one time, and then they had to bring it again. They had to bring it again. They had to bring it again because it would never, ever, ever be complete. I guess the first thing, of course, it reminds us is that, you know, sometimes we hear about this word uh, ransom, uh, and most of the time we hear about it, it's not in a positive way, because if we hear about somebody wanting a ransom, it's because that somebody has been taken captive. Uh, and the only way that that person is going to be freed is for somebody to pay that ransom, whatever that m amount might be. Uh, you know, it might be 100,000 pounds, it might be a million pounds, it can be any figure that you want, but when we hear it, it's usually something that somebody's in trouble. Uh, somebody has been taken captive, and somebody is demanding something for their freedom. He said here in verse 12, then they shall give every man a ransom for his soul to the Lord. Well, why is there a price at all on redemption? Why is, is, is there any price, whatever that it might be, why is it priced there? Because, folks, God requires it. It is a simple truth that we deal with a world that doesn't understand. We were talking before service started back here. You know, many times when we witness to people, well, you know, the simple truth is we can go up and we can tell any human being on the face of this earth, we can tell them that their sins must be forgiven if they have any hopes of heaven beyond this, this life. But most people, you ever had somebody look at you kind of strange when you talk about that little word sin? You know, what, what are you talking about? 
And, of course, we find that, uh, again, in, in part of what uh, Gareth shared with us this morning, that no, thank God, that we're not required to live according to God's law. All the works that we can do in all of the world would never be sufficient because we're going to fall short in some place. You've heard me share the passage many, many times. The Bible says, all have sinned and come short, not of man, but of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short. You see, most people that we deal with today, they don't even recognize and acknowledge that there's a God that exists out there, that, that there's some creator that they're accountable to. The first thing they have to recognize is that we are accountable to one because every one of us and everything that we see and everything that's around us is here only because of him. Well, that God that created us, that God that put us here, that God that gave us his law so that we could see and look. You know, the New Testament tells us that it's a, it's a schoolmaster. It's by the law that we can understand our shortcomings and our failures and our sins because this is what a holy God requires. We can't meet that standard. We all fall short somewhere along the way. But you see, that, that same God, he is a just God and he's a loving God the Bible says the wages of sin is death. No, a ransom has to be paid because it is required. There is absolutely nothing else. God requires it. You know, if we could even begin to grasp the horrors of, of the smallest sin to a perfect and holy God. You know, we kind of try to, I guess, weigh things up sometimes. Well, this is a really bad sin, and that one's not so bad. And, you know, we really need to do something about this one, but we can live with this one. And yet we don't begin to grasp. Again, something I know I've said many times to you. You know, when Adam fell in the garden, he didn't go out and murder somebody. He didn't go out and commit some heinous rape. He didn't do something that we might look at and say, oh, how horrible. He disobeyed God. He disobeyed God. And that curse of sin is upon everything that we, that we possibly know. You see that word ransom, it literally means the price of a life. <laughs> the price of a life. Dictionary gives this definition, the release of property or a person in return for payment of a demanded price. You see, there are two kingdoms right now, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And everybody belongs to one of the other. Satan's kingdom is full of hostages. You know, I've never met anybody that says, I want, well, I know there's some out there. You can, you can find them. I've read some of them, though I've not met one of them face to face. They say they, they want to go to hell. They want to follow Satan. They want to serve Satan. But most people don't even begin to think along those lines. They don't even begin to recognize that they are hostage to this world around them, hostage to sin, hostage to Satan. And so a ransom is needed. A ransom is needed because every one of us are born in sin. Every one of us are born as hostages. We are held captive. And, of course, we could speak of many things there. We know that Satan is good at his job. He wants to, to dull the hearing so that we can't see. He wants to, to blind the eyes so that, that we can't see. Dull the ears so you can't hear. Blind the eyes so you can't see. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and he's good at his job. Sometimes we get frustrated because we look around us at the world and all that's going on, and yet they're just being normal. They're acting like sinners are supposed to act. You know, when Jesus looked upon 
the nation of Israel, and he saw them like sheep without a shepherd, the Bible says he had compassion upon them. He hurt down in his soul for those people. The thing is, as we look around us, we need to recognize and realize, yes, there's a lot of evil things going on in this world. But those that are doing those evil things, they're hostages. They're being held hostage by Satan, by sin, even by their own flesh that is under the curse of that sin. So a ransom is needed because that's the only way, that's the only way that those souls could be set free. It's the only way that mine and your soul has been set free. But I've got news for you. The ransom that was needed, the price is too high. The price was way too high. The wealthiest of wealthiest that, that lives upon this earth, they couldn't afford it. Because the truth is, is that there was only one that ever lived and walked upon this earth, and his name was Jesus. He's the only one that wasn't a sinner himself. He was the only one because the ransom price for you and for me is life because the wages of our sin is death. Call, and I love the last part of that verse. I'm glad it didn't just finish there, though. The wages of sin, we earned that. That comes natural because of our sinful nature, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, we are hostages, and we're being held hostage. We find here in verse 13 that the price was half a shekel. Now, I worked that out here, and if, I, if I've calculated somewhere right, that, uh, that's somewhere around 20 or 30 pence. <laughs> that was the price that was required there. But, you know, the interesting thing is that we can see from this is it was a price that everybody had to pay. The price was the same for every, every soul. Every soul was worth the same value. Every soul had to pay the same amount. The price was the same for each and every one of them. I think oftentimes that in these things that the Lord is trying to teach us something as simple as human responsibility. I know, I know you've heard me say, it's, it's hard for us, and I understand. It's hard for us a lot of times because we can't think like God. We're not going to understand all that God does. How can we possibly get our head around the sovereignty of God that is in control of everything, and yet human responsibility and the choices that we make that he's given us Man has to face the fact that each and every one of us, without God, we only can make the bad choices. I know some people are more morally in tune than others and things like that, but, you know, many times we, we, we talked and we've mentioned a few times lately as we've, we've looked at this whole idea of this battle that, that rages all the time and yet that the victory is ours. And, and I said, I, I, I know, I understand, and I'm, I'm not here to be critical. I know some, some people think that, you know, that there's... There's these two natures that are fighting against each other. I believe that we're born with a sinful nature. And I don't believe that we can do anything but sin. We don't have any option. We can't. We can't. All of our righteousness are as filthy rags, the Bible says. But when Jesus Christ comes in, when God does a work, I told some of you, I think it was last week, that uh, I'm glad that I not only have a patient God, but a patient wife. Amen. And if she weren't patient with me, I would be in big-time trouble all of the time. But one of the things, you know, that if you were to, uh, to come around and, and look very close at our house, you see there's a, there's a lot of renovation that needs to take place. There's a lot of remodeling that needs to take place there to make it nicer. I said, I'm glad God's not in the renovation business. He's not in the remodeling business. He just builds it new. He creates new. 
We're created new in Jesus Christ. It's not just a bettering of the old. We are a new creation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ comes through the power of the Spirit to live within our souls and our hearts. And, of course, as he takes up residence within us, you know, the natural thing should no longer be to sin. The natural thing should be to be like Christ. That should be what's natural, but we've still got the old unredeemed flesh, don't we? And that's a battle that we all have to fight. The flesh hasn't been redeemed. Thank God one day there will be a new body as well. But right now, that new creation has been created in Christ Jesus. He's living within an unredeemed body. And, of course, he's the one that needs to be in control, not us, not the flesh. We find that as we look here, you know, just because a person had more, they didn't have to pay more, they couldn't give more. The rich, the poor, the price was the same for each and every one of them. The price is the same for every human being. You see, there's only one price that will redeem, that will pay that ransom price for each and every one of our souls, and it was paid for you, and it was paid for those others that we'll come face-to-face with during this week. You see, not only do we have to grasp the, the fact that a ransom is needed for every human being, Everybody is a hostage. Everybody's a hostage when they're born into sin and they're still in those sinful selves. But the ransom has been provided in the Lord Jesus Christ. He became sin for us. He laid down his life in our place. He paid the price that no other human being could pay. God, coming in human flesh, he provided and paid that price for us. But you know what? It doesn't matter if you've got the the ransom is needed and the ransom has been demanded and you've got the right amount, that ransom has to be accepted in order for it to accomplish what it's going to accomplish. You see, the ransom commanded that is desired, that is, that is, that is required to free one, it excludes the possibility of it not being acceptable. With God, we don't have to worry about that. There's times down here when somebody requires a ransom and the amount has been met and that ransom is taken and yet something goes wrong. Maybe they changed their mind. They decided that uh, instead of 100000 they want 200000 Maybe they decided, you know, that there's something more that they want to go with it. When we look into the Scriptures, there's absolutely no chance of the atonement money not being accepted it was given exactly as it was required of God, and it was accepted of God. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28 says this, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, listen, and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus Christ came for that purpose. Again, we get it around, I mean, you know, God planned it before the foundation of the world, before he ever created anything. It was in his plan. He knew that we were going to mess up. He knew that we were going to be taken hostage by our sin. He knew what the price was for sin. And he had already planned the ransom for our souls. Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. Yes, to find us, and yes, to save us, to pay the ransom that we couldn't pay. For ourselves. You see, in First Timothy chapter two, verse six, Paul writing to young Timothy said, speaking of Jesus, 
who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. You know, the problem is when the sinner comes to God through Jesus Christ, there's only one price that can be paid, and that's the price that God requires. We have all kind of people that try to come up with all their the different religions and all the, the things that men have to do and the things that are required, the simple truth is God has set the ransom. And it's the price that God requires. And may I say to you that Jesus paid the price that God required and the sinner is set free and forgiven of all of his sins. And he accepts that by faith. When he believes it in his heart. You know, we have to recognize also that and being acknowledged by the one that's asking for the ransom, God has already made it clear. His word doesn't change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. A soul costs the same thing to be set free today as it did when God first gave this to them back in the book, in the word of God. There's no risk ever that it won't be accepted by God because that's God's word. And God can't be wrong. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We say that we try to get our head around this a lot of times. I I still love, and I go back, and, and I tell you, you know, that's that's one of the things that... Uh, when we go back to, to 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 there, and, and, and we find, you know, okay, yes, for us as Christians, that he's a propitiation for our sins. I love that word, propitiation. Most of the new Bibles have taken it out, but it's there, and it means so much. It's, it's, it's a legal word. It means literally that everything that was required of God, all that was due to God, it was met in Jesus Christ. He was the propitiation, but it goes on and says, and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. The price that was paid. Brother Glenn, it paid for your soul, and it paid for mine, and it paid for Brother George's, it paid for Brother Collins, it paid for every one of you here tonight. It was sufficient that lost person you'll meet tomorrow on the street. It's sufficient for that lost person that you might be working beside of, that you might run into in the grocery store. It's sufficient for your family and my family and your friends and my friends that have yet to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I'm saying to you, yes, a ransom was needed because we're all sinners and the wages of that sin is death. We're captive to that. We're hostages we find that the ransom has been provided. But you know what? The ransom has been accepted. The ransom has been accepted. We find that we don't have to worry about God deciding, well, you and a little worse than that other guy. We're going to need to work out something a little different for you. Jesus paid it all. We sang that this morning. All to him I owe. Sin had left the crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. I had to get another song. You picked that one this morning that I was going to sing tonight. Jesus paid it all. We sang some good ones anyway. The ransom. I want you to know that a ransom was needed, a ransom was provided, and a ransom was accepted by God the Father. It was sufficient. You know, there's one final possibility the ransom can be rejected. 
not by God. We have absolutely no worries about that. We just got to say there's absolutely no chance of God rejecting it because he's already told us that he accepted it in full payment for the sins of the world. God will not reject it. But the Bible is clear. Not only that he accepted the price as full payment, but also that there's no question whatsoever about it being sufficient. And at the same time as we think of that, the same time as the people that reject it, <laughs> the ones that's being paid for. You know, it's kind of hard for us to imagine if somebody is being held hostage in this world and a ransom has been demanded, and that ransom, somebody's got together that ransom and everything is there that is required, and it's been offered, and that person that's holding the hostage accepts that ransom, then the one that's being held hostage says, no thanks. <laughs> I'll just stay where I'm at. Now, you might think that sounds totally crazy. You know, they, they got all kind of scientific names for people because sometimes people get in, this, in these situations and they actually bond with those that are actually holding them captive. And they begin to think what great people they are and what good people they are, and they begin to, to feel sorry for them. Of course, the great thing that, that you and I know that the world doesn't know is that the greatest tool that Satan has, wow, he's got so many of them, doesn't he? One of the greatest tools that Satan has is that little thing called deception. You, know, you don't see the danger. You don't realize. You don't recognize. Sometimes people in this world can play mind games with people, and they, they actually have them in bondage without them realizing it. Satan is a great deceiver. The problem is many of the people that you and I face they're rejecting. There is absolutely nothing up to this point. There is no question that the only way that they can ever be set free is a hostage to Satan and sin and face the consequences of death that comes with that is for the ransom to be paid. Well, the ransom's been provided by God himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. He was showing us here in the Old Testament Again, this was that just like all those other temporary sacrifices that were paid over and over and over again, that it was required and that the exact same thing was required for everyone, no matter who it was, and it had to be paid, no question about it. But as we face the world today, there are many, so many, with all those things done, they're still rejecting it, saying no. Either they're deceived and don't realize that they're hostages at all, some people's hearts have been hardened. They've actually heard the truth. They know the truth, and yet they've hardened their hearts to that truth. I wonder this evening, who do you know and I know? You see, as I, as I look around here this evening, I, I know that every one of you under the sound of my voice, you know, you've made professions of faith. You've made that, that great time in your life when you've recognized your sinfulness, your need for forgiveness. And God gives us all these different pictures. One of them that we see right here in Scripture was just the fact that as hostages in our sin, hostages to sin, hostages to Satan, in the kingdom of Satan, no question about it, that there was a ransom that was needed to set us free. God provided that ransom in His Son, Jesus Christ.
the same for every one of us. The same thing was required. The same thing was provided. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go there. And, you know, best thing that, uh, that I know how to tell you here is, you know, some people are smart enough to figure a lot of things out that this pastor just doesn't. And, and, and man gets on all these different things. No, I, I, don't, I don't fully grasp and understand because I can't think like God. I don't know like God. I've never seen or touched or experienced anything in my life that wasn't tainted by sin in some way. Jesus is the only person I've ever met that is sinless, that is sin-free. And I know this. I know that when God planned and he paid that ransom for my soul, I know that it was sufficient. But I remember some of the battles, the struggles that I had in my own life. I remember a lot of the things that were going on. But I know this. I know that without the Holy Spirit, there won't be any conviction. You know, many times we try to just save people and we try to maybe tell them a sob story. We try to give them the truth. We try to give them all these different things. There's no Holy Spirit conviction. We can't save them. We can't. All the, all the, no matter how bad we want to, we can't make them a Christian. This is one of the things that if you work with our children here in this church, you know, I want to see every one of those little children saved. I want to see them born again. I want them to know, even though maybe their parents aren't teaching them that at home. But at the same time, I don't want to get a bunch of kids to pray a bunch of prayers raise their hands, and make a whole bunch of problems. You know, they'll do just about anything in the world to please that adult that's there. <laughs> you can get them to do a lot of things. The truth is, every one of them can be saved. What we have to do, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God. Why do we put such emphasis on, on God's Word? Folks, that's all we have. That's all we have. I'm telling you, you know, yes, we can look at creation, and none of us are without excuse. There's got to be a God that, that, that's done all of this. But there's only one place that we can know the truth of the gospel, not out there in nature. It's in the very Word of God that He's left with us. He tells us there. He's the one that's told us these truths. And it's the Holy Spirit that will quicken those words, that will get that heart. It's also why it's a very dangerous thing when sometimes the Holy Spirit is... Have you ever seen somebody under conviction of the Holy Spirit and yet they're just too stubborn to do anything? Well, you could have watched me a few times if, uh, if you haven't seen anybody else. The Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit deals with somebody and somebody says, well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Truth is, we're not promised tomorrow. And we might think that we do because the Holy Spirit, by His grace, is dealing with us right now. That doesn't mean He'll be dealing with us next week or next month. Or We don't get saved on our schedule, on our time, on our terms. God calls us. We come this evening. I just want to encourage you. I want to remind you, you know, your soul is worth just as much as every other soul in all of the world. The Bible, you know, in another place says, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You know, that's, that's pretty awesome. Just, just to try to stop and think, the whole world? One soul? But yet, 
There's not enough valuables in this world to pay the price of one soul. My God came himself. God paid the price that we couldn't pay. I want to remind you, you, your soul was that important to God. Be reminded, I was a hostage, you were a hostage. Through Jesus Christ and his shed blood, we've been set free. We have been set free. We're no longer captives. We don't have to do what Satan tells us to do. We don't have to do what our old flesh tries to get us to do. We've got God living within us. The victory is ours. I love that old song we sing sometimes, victory in Jesus. Amen. The victory is ours. That's why I'm not planning on my funeral in the next week or two, don't get me wrong, but it will come one day. And whenever that is, near or far, you know, I mean, if, if you know, if, if, if my kids and whoever's left behind, when they arrange my funeral and my last viewing or whatever, and if they don't have Romans chapter 8 read and planned to be read, I mean, from verse 1 right through verse 31, if they don't read it all, somebody stand up in the middle of the service and do it for them. Amen. <laughs> you know, and, and of course, that chapter, there's so much there. But then it ends. It ends with that we are more than conquerors. <laughs> we are more and conquers. We don't have just what we need just to make the battle, just to win the battle. We're more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. So I want to remind you this evening, the one that set you free because he loved you that much. But I also, I also want to remind you this evening, may this preacher, may the members of Bethel Free Baptist Church, may those that, that make up this body of Christ, may we never lose sight the value of one soul. I say it, and I'll keep saying it till you'll probably get sick of hearing me say it. We're here for one purpose. That's that the work of Christ can go on through us. The work of Christ didn't need to be done. We'd all be in heaven. We'd all be far better off than what we've got in this world. I don't care how good we've got it down here. We're here as a Christian. We're still here because God's still got a work. He's still got a purpose for you. He'd be gone. And the reason we're here, the reason the Holy Spirit was given to us. Uh, you know, I, I reminded the students on, on Tuesday when I was speaking there, you know, of, of Romans or John chapter 14, I think it's down in verse 12, when Jesus promised them, greater works than these shall ye do because I go to the Father. Why? He goes on in those next verses. I know that the, our, our Muslim friends out here that we meet on the street many times, they say that's because he was sending Mohammed. Uh, that's who they think the paraclete was there in John chapter 14 and 15 and 16 was, was Muhammad. But the Bible says the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. That's why. That's why Jesus could say to a human being, greater works than these shall ye do because I go into the Father. Why? Because Jesus Christ, instead of just being here and ministering in that one body, that one flesh that he came in, he's going to be ministering in everyone that would put their faith and trust in him. He was taking up residence with them. That's enough to make any Baptist shout, praise God. Make Baptocostals out of us or something. I don't know. It's exciting. Jesus Christ working through you and I. That purpose and our purpose is the same as the work of Christ was, to see the lost saved. That's our primary focus. Do you know the second job that we have as Christians and as a church is to build each other up so that we can do it better? <laughs> you know, that's what it's all about. You know, I, I, 
I love your fellowship. I love drinking tea and coffee with you and eating biscuits and chocolate cake and all those other good things we do around here. But the reason, the reason we're here as a body is that the body of Christ might accomplish. He's the head and we're the body. That the work of Christ, everything that we do, we're to do for the others, to build the others up. You know, I know it sounds kind of crude and short sometimes, but you know, I, I, I wish as a church here and all those other churches out there, I wish we could learn one simple, simple, simple thing because, you know, the greatest battles that we fight within our churches today, da, 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 da. that thing called the tongue, untamed. If what you're doing and what you're saying, if it's not building somebody else up, if it's not for their benefit, if you allow the Larry paraphrase, I don't, I don't print it. You can't go out and buy it. God said, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> if, if it's not for their good, don't speak it. Don't say it. So this evening, as you're reminded, Jesus paid the ransom for you. The pr- ransom price was set. He provided it, and it's done. Today, let's go out and recognize that all those around us, the ransom price has been paid. The sacrifice was sufficient just need to take them the truth that by the power of the Holy Spirit, they can recognize it, they can understand it, and they'll accept that that price has been paid for. Father, we thank you this evening, Lord, for the time that you've given us together. Lord, I, I know this is a simple sermon, but it's one that we need reminding of. Lord, you paid a great price. There was absolutely nobody else in all the world that could pay the price that was due for our soul. Father, you paid it. That price was there. And I just pray this evening that you'll help us to be reminded and to rejoice. But also I pray that you'd help us to be reminded there are many still out there that the sacrifice is sufficient for their souls as well. The same price has been paid for theirs, it was paid for ours, and all those that have gone before us. Lord, pray that you'd help us that Christ might work through us by the power of his Spirit, that the gospel may truly be shared with all those around us, that you might use us, Lord, to accomplish the work that you want to be accomplished here on this earth. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.